This program is for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or a recommendation that any particular investor should purchase or sell any particular security. All expressions of opinions are subject to change without notice and are those of the on-air cast of the Stock Doctor's Prescription and not necessarily those of International Assets Advisory, LLC, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investments mentioned on this program may not be suitable for all investors. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. All information presented about tax considerations affecting client financial transactions or arrangements is not intended as tax advice and should not be relied on for the purpose of avoiding any tax penalty. You should discuss any tax or legal matters with the appropriate professional before entering into any trade or transaction. Paging Dr. Seiler. Paging Dr. Seiler. If you're feeling run down, tired, exhausted by the daily drip, drip, drip of your life savings draining away, the Stock Doctor's Prescription may be right for you. The Stock Doctor's Prescription will give you the peace of mind knowing that you're getting the best possible information. Do not use the Stock Doctor's Prescription if you're allergic to the Stock Doctor's Prescription or any of its ingredients, including but not limited to wisdom, research, critical thinking, thoughtful discourse, occasional dad jokes, drinking references, drum solos. Side effects of the Stock Doctor's Prescription may include unwieldy wealth deposits, previously unknown relatives, groupies, extended comfort in your retirement, and swelling. The Stock Doctor's Prescription starts now. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. I'm Lee Seiler, also known as the Stock Doctor in the house with me. To my left, to your right, as you look at your radio dial, our megalennial herself, Miss Nikki Ward. Nick, how are you doing today? Fantastic. We also have this just in, Justin Kenny's in the house, and Jared Bocar, we also call him as we also call him the fiscal therapist among other things many names many names among other things but thanks for joining us today it is high noon here in phoenix scottsdale and it's uh, great to be back on the air here at kfnn money radio 1510 am 105.3 105.3 fm it's good to be here and good to be back this is our uh, i think our fifth show something like that and uh you know we intend being here for quite a long time and you know, it's great because we do have clients in the area. I mean, we were in the, on the air there many, many years ago. Not many, not that many years ago. I'm not that old. But we had uh, had great relationships with the folks at uh, KFNN and, and Ron Cohen, who's been just really good to us over the years and uh, really good to us here recently and letting us get back on the air and doing our weekly show. But um, if there's anybody out there that would like to, and you've heard the last four episodes or five episodes and would like to talk to us about taking a look at your portfolios. We do free portfolio reviews and analysis. And, you know, sometimes you want to get a second opinion I mean, because we are fee-based guys. We're, we're fiduciaries. We're not out there trying and find the next big thing. We want to find a process or, or use our process with you and, and help help your portfolio really. I mean, it's going to be – at some point, the market's going to stop going straight up. At some point. You think? At some point, stop going – and then you're going to need – and, you know, it's really easy to make money with markets like this. Shooting fish in a barrel. Right it now, it really so. is. But at some point, I mean, look, the economy is expanding. We know that. We're in hyper growth mode. We know that, too. But meanwhile, the markets have been down for two weeks in a row. All right. So today's Wednesday. and We've had a slew of earnings so far this week. We have a slew more. Nothing more important than tonight or today in this, this afternoon uh, after the close. Apple will be reporting earnings. And that's going to be huge. Huge. huge, huge. It's going to be huge. But um, as of yesterday, uh, the markets, again, had been down two weeks in a row. So far during the week, it's been kind of a catch and go here this week. But the Dow was down yesterday three points to close at 33,984. The S&P 500 down not even a point at 4,186. The uh, NASDAQ 
down 48 at 14,090. The Russell was up a little bit at 2301. But keep in mind that over the last two weeks, the S&P and the Dow were down, but really the index that had been lagging up until Monday, until two days ago, was the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ had really been lagging. A lot of the big fang stocks that we talked about, that everybody talks about, which is uh, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google, they have not been performing well. And you know, Netflix came out earnings last week. The subscriber number really hit the stock, not acting well. It did, but they were one of the, the big winner from the Oscars that no one at this table watched. No, no nobody I, did. I didn't they watch. brought the most amount of awards back for any subscriber. But it didn't help the stock. No. I mean, the stock no. was down four and change uh, yesterday. Uh, it, you know, it's been down since the earnings mm-hmm. report of last week. And the earnings weren't bad. I yeah, think they, they beat, beat, they on, beat both. on both lines. But it's that subscriber number, really. But when you look at it, think about what happened last year. First of all, they would have ne- they should have never had that many subscribers last year, but the market forced it. The I'm, economy, the our the culture, exogenous factor, exogenous shock to the system. I, I became a it. new Netflix sub- subscriber in 2020. Yeah, I did. I hadn't previously done it. Didn't you also sign up for Disney Plus? Uh, I'm, now I'm a subscriber. And I can't You've believe I'm a super subscriber. <laughs> Justin, you're a smart guy. I, I thought you'd use somebody else's password. We're not going to talk about that. On okay. Here. All right. Um, but so you know the markets had been lagging. You know what's been lagging though this year. Uh, gold and silver. Those commodities are lagging. Meanwhile, copper and corn. To the moon. To the moon, Alice. Doing really well. So last week, the uh, sectors that were performing extremely well, believe it or not, real estate. Real estate worked really well. And those are real estate investment trusts. And not only can you get a, a decent return as far as income's concerned, if the market at least trades fairly normal for these things, that last year was not normal, but they seem to be trading a little bit better than normal this year. Uh, Simon Properties Group, SPG, the people are back at the malls. I was just at a mall this past week on Saturday night. We we're going to go out to dinner. We drove by the mall. It was packed. I was yeah. shocked. Right. I'm, I'm surprised by it, too. I got to go to the mall this weekend. I'm not looking forward to it. I don't want to be amongst the crowd. And I'm not saying that I want to be a real estate investor in malls and office space. But, you know, the REITs also have industrial properties and warehousing, which I love warehouse uh, da- database storage centers. warehouse and storage i love that database centers that is mm-hmm. a huge area if you look at what's going on that's only going to expand with 5g so there's going to be doubt. a need for database centers but any anyway, real estate really was a, a strong sector last year in fact so far this year one of the best performing sectors in the marketplace Healthcare did really well and we've done made some adjustments to our portfolios for our clients we went in and took a position a few weeks ago in an exchange-traded fund, an ETF, that represents straight pharmaceuticals, not biotech, not medical instruments, not medical equipment, but literally pharmaceuticals. And you can name them all. I mean, it's easy. There's not that many of them, but I'll talk about the big ones. And I just think that that is a good place to be as far as defensive. We're trying to be, at this point, we still want to be invested, but you want to be a little bit more defensive. And... That, to me, is a fairly defensive way to go. Industrials did really well, and uh, we took a position last week in Cleveland Cliffs for clients. Again, anything we talk about today is not necessarily a recommendation. Just an opinion. It's, a, it's our opinion, but it would be a recommendation if we talked to you and it was appropriate for you. We don't know if things that we talk about because we don't know you, but we'd, we'd like, like to know We'd you. like to get to know you. We'd like to get to know you. Uh, the weak sectors uh, last week were energy, Utilities and consumer discretionary. Nikki, you are a millennial. 
You are the megalennial. You got to go out and, and buy some clothes, spend some money. And I just scrim- dropped quite a bit of cash at Ulta. So. Oh, those are beauty aids. Mm-hmm. Ah. I feel like they charge me 50 bucks to walk by that store. <laughs> Always. Mm-hmm. Always. There's no getting by there without spending a ton of money. That and Target. And Mother's Day is coming up. Mm. Oh, Mother's Day is I mean, look up. at some of these uh, REITs that performed well. Obviously, you guys know I moved into a new apartment the other week. Rent prices are through the roof, and they're at 99% capacity. Also, the Case-Shiller Index came out, and home prices are not going anywhere but up. Yeah, and so it's going to be – I love the apartment REITs, by the way. There's some really nice ones out there. But the apartment REITs are, are – I Multi-family think are, homes. Exactly. I mean, if you look at year-to-date – the best performing sector year to date were energy, which has not been really doing that well the last month, but year to date up 27%. Number two, financials, but number three, real estate. And they're talking REITs. This is talking mm-hmm. about the market. And uh, 16.72% in REITs year to date. So that's pretty, I think that's outpacing pretty impressive. Markets. It's certainly outpacing the uh, the averages. But what, what got the market's concern last week was really the tax hike. They got a little spooked. Yep. Capital gains tax hike. And uh, not only just capital gains, but the inheritance tax, which really becomes a problem for those folks that have held, had some holdings for many, many years. And because the way the rule works now is if let's say that uh, I've owned Apple for 11 years and I pass away in my individual account, my kids get it. They get the stepped up cost basis the time of my death right so their new cost basis would be the time when, of my death when you died right. as opposed to whatever the value of it was cost right. basis. so i died mm-hmm. today they owned it at 134 dollars, but all that profit i've had for the last 11 years doesn't get taxed exactly mm-hmm. and i love that but um it's at risk right now yeah so we'll see i, I don't know if that's going to get passed i know that there's going to be a capital gains tax tax hike I, i'm sure it's going to happen what that number is, this was a starting point. That was, I think this was the, the White House's high bar. A lot and, of this is rumors. I mean, I think tonight when Biden addresses Congress, then we're going to really know the specifics. Well, I, look, the specifics are that from we, not specifics necessarily, but what people think. California, the top rate will pay 56.7% in capital gains tax. New Jersey, 54.1%. New York City, now this is the city, not the state, because they have state and local, 58.2%. Is that good? Uh, not really. But this would well, be good, because good he's, yeah. he's going to raise capital gains tax for right now, which is at 20% if it's a long term, to your income, your ordinary income. So for the top bracket, which right now is 37%, he wants to increase that to 396 Plus the Medicare tax right. of 3.8. What you're talking about, how in cities and in states where they have higher taxes right. so there'll be more people moving to florida and texas and get her done in idaho 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 that they have the uh, fastest growing idaho. city it is the yes hot, they did it's, the it's, hottest it's, market it's the hottest market as of right now and i saw wyoming is like number one for cryptocurrency or something call it a hot Let potato <laughs> they gotta generate heat somehow <laughs> somehow some way <laughs> Hey, you're listening to the stock doctor's prescription we come back we're gonna talk about some ideas that maybe can help you avoid or at least curb some of those capital gains exposure because there's some vehicles out there you can use in your portfolio in a taxable account that it's really up to you because oftentimes mutual funds, you don't have a choice. They're going to spin off a capital gain. Whether they're up or down. No matter what happens. But you are listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription right here on Money Radio, 1510 AM, 105.3 FM. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
everybody. We're back. You're listening to Stock Doctor's Prescription. I'm Lee Seiler, also known as a Stock Doctor. Before the break, we were talking about the capital gains tax that could potentially do some damage to the higher bracketed people. But there are some things you can do in your portfolio, and certainly this is not applicable if it's a tax-deferred portfolio. If you have an IRA, 401k, uh, Roth, Simple, SEP, any of those, if it's a qualified account, it's really not applicable. But if it's a taxable account, which could be the individual, joint, trust, any of those of the above, you could potentially, Justin, and we've seen it. A million times I've seen it. We've seen that you know you get into a mutual fund, and, and let's say it's not a great year in the market. That mutual fund hasn't done anything for you, and it's in a taxable account. But at the end of the year, you get a little surprise in December. It normally yeah. happens in December. Yeah. And that's a, a capital gain. They'll throw off. They'll spin off a dividend, some capital gains. They'll hit you with a two-piece, the whole yeah, nine yards. Exactly. <laughs> and so what that means is they have done transactions in the portfolio, and they have booked some profits. And it could have been way before you owned the fund. You could yep. have got in the fund sometime September. earlier in a year. September, you bought the fund. And then they just sold a big Apple position they had from years ago or whatever whatever they had in there. And, and they got to spin that off to the shareholder. So whether you've owned it for... Two days, two weeks, two months, or two years, you're getting whacked. Yep. So you end up could be potentially down on the fund yep. and have to pay taxes on a capital gain. So a capital gain, and then, again, they will spin off a dividend. I mean, the investments held yep. within, within that mutual fund have paid dividends throughout the course of the year, too. Those are taxed at ordinary income. Exactly. Again, and, and what we try to do in, the, in our client accounts, we try to use exchange-traded funds, or ETFs is the acronym. We use those especially more often than not within the taxable accounts because they don't likely, I mean, I say likely, it's a very, very minute percentage that will throw off capital gains. The way you make a capital gain on an ETF, because it trades with a ticker symbol, it trades like a stock, so you buy SPY at 400, you sell SPY at 500, there you go. You have a 25% capital gain. Yep. So you can control it, though, is my point. In a mutual fund, Justin, you can't uh, control it. No, a mutual fund is, is really a, a product that's that's more designed for your qualified money, your IRA, your 401k, your Roth. Right. You know, the, that set of circumstances, it's great. But on an individual basis, in a cash account, it's not very tax-friendly. And as far as exchange-traded funds are concerned, there are many, many sponsors out there. There's thousands and thousands of different... ETFs and, and and probably dozens and dozens of different ETF sponsors. And uh, we have some that we like. We have, there's a lot of ones, a lot of the ones out there we do like, and we will discuss that with you. But, you know, if you have a portfolio loaded with mutual funds and you may want to look at some things that maybe can be a little more tax efficient, give us a call, 888-855-2855. It's 888-855-2855. Let us take a look at your funds and say, let's come up with an equivalent type portfolio, compare apples to apples, and let's see if these ETFs could do the job that you're looking for, which is A, be more tax efficient, and B, give you the return you're looking for. And we like to always add in there, we like to mitigate some risk there. And and we have tools that we'll be talking about a little bit later that we use to try, especially the market's trading all-time highs. You have, it's just a matter of time, Jared, especially, I mean, we're, we're talking... Uh, a a thirty four thousand Dow and a forty two hundred S and P and and the Nasdaq at fourteen. We're due at some point for a correction. Yeah, we've been kind of looking for that. We've done been able to do a lot of things. Speaking of your ETFs with uh, buffered products um, to kind of manage risk. 
and kind of take some more defensive positions. Yeah, and because with some of these ETFs that we use, and we also have them within variable annuities too, so you can actually protect your assets to a percentage uh, in variable annuities. There's uh, we have a couple tricks that we can talk about uh, when you call the office. You can also email feedback at stockdr.com. And tonight, tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time, if you lo- if you log on to our Facebook, Siler Wealth Management Facebook, you will uh, we have a, a live video we do. And we, we go live and we talk about a lot of things we talked about today, but we'll go over a lot of different things. But it's uh, Facebook Live, so check it out. It's uh, facebook.com slash Siler Wealth Management. And uh, just search for us that way, right, Nick? Yep. Uh, or you could not do the URL and just... In your uh, regular Facebook page, just go into the search box and look for Siler Wealth Management. You'll find us. Okay, I love earnings season, by the way. It's and we fun. are we are right smack in. Uh, we have a in third, the thick of it. A third of the S and P five hundred has reported this is going to be an extremely heavy week. It has been so far. We had Tesla, of course. We we talked about briefly. We didn't get into it, but Tesla. The market did not like Tesla earnings. Even though they did beat on the earnings and the revenue side, the concern was that a lot of the money they made were in the uh, EV rebates. The creative accounting. Yep, the EV rebates, and they made $101 million Selling Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. and so between those two, that accounts for nearly 100% of Tesla's $533 million in pre-tax income. So nothing based off of, you know. The actual business. You mean actually selling cars? <laughs> nope. Didn't but, make a whole lot of money selling cars, no. but but that Bitcoin. Still, now, still have a market value, though. That's more than five times the combined value of Ford and all GM. the other big three. Look, the stock Together. closed The stock closed yesterday at 704.74. It was down 4.5%. Um, we do own Tesla. We own it cheaper. In fact, my highest buy on it was uh, 680, and we own it as low as uh, in the 560s. So, uh, you know, all the way across the board. So we're still holding our position at this point. I think that eventually the stock will probably kind of base out for a little while. I don't see it making a big move up here. I think that's it's probably going to give people an opportunity. It's mm-hmm. it's likely likely to drift, I think, to drift a little bit lower. And uh, but, you know, the there was about a 63 percent chance that they were going to beat earnings. That's kind of what the analysts were saying. So to me, that's not a super high chance, but they did beat. It just Wall Street didn't like, and I'll use this term, they didn't like the quality of the earnings. Yeah. It wasn't about the beat. It was about how they beat. Right. So Tesla was down. We'll see how it closes out today. But, uh, you know, there was interesting because there were 25,000 back two weeks ago, April 19th, there were 25,000 calls bought the 1,030 calls but they don't expire till January of 2022. So somebody was bullish long-term on Tesla and the option traders were pricing in an 8.1% move on earnings and Tesla has averaged about 6.6% moved moves on earnings. So so after the close yesterday, we had, uh, we had some gonna, heavy hitters. I'm not going to say a plethora of earnings, but we did have some heavy hitters. You had Microsoft, Google, AMD reporting among uh, also Texas Instruments. You had FedEx and UPS, which knocked the cover off the ball. No surprise there. Those stocks did extremely well by day um, yesterday. But Microsoft, Google, Google, I think Google, Google, bro. I think we were expecting Google probably knock the cover off the ball. Definitely. I mean, like we mentioned earlier, not only were we inside watching Netflix, but I think that for 2020, our entire lives were online. So their entire business model is about digital ads. You know, and I heard Kramer the other day say that Google was your optimal reopen play yeah. because 
You want to go look for a cruise or vacation? You Google. You want to go uh, You want to go somewhere? Google go- Flights. Exactly. So uh, Google's getting the, the search business, and the, the stock did really well after hours. Yeah, so their earnings per share, they were expected for fifteen eighty two, and they beat it was twenty six twenty nine. They had revenue of fifty five point three one billion versus fifty one point seven one billion expected. They slayed. They yeah. slayed their. They annoy it. What they, you're they, saying is people aren't using Bing. Uh, <laughs> wow. Ask Jeeves, anyone? <laughs> Ask Jeeves. Oh my gosh. Gosh, this dates us. I think too. Uh, well, it's. Uh, Yesterday, Google was down about eight tenths of a percent, but after hours traded up over a hundred bucks. So it traded at uh, twenty four hundred after hours. Again, we don't know how it's going to close out today, but uh, Google outstanding, outstanding earnings. And you know, Microsoft reported, and those numbers were pretty good as well. Yep, one ninety five earnings per share versus a dollar seventy eight expected the revenue slight beat of 41.7 billion versus 41.03 billion but it was the biggest revenue growth since 2018 and why did the stock get hit after hours yesterday that's what i was saying i feel like uh alphabet more sellers than buyers yeah yeah, we're gonna go there again um i alphabet was the only one that really traded up after hours we see we see all these companies beating um estimates and still again it goes back to the buy at the funeral, sell at the wedding. Uh, Alphabet's one of the few companies that has kind of bucked that trend and was trading up after hours yesterday. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Microsoft, there was an 85% chance that they were going to beat expectations. They did. Uh, The short, it's interesting, since the last quarterly report, short interest in Microsoft increased by 23%. That's very interesting. So, um, wow. In the meantime, though, during that process, since the last quarter, the stock, unlike the other parts of the big cap tech names, has drifted higher 9.7% in the last quarter. All so, these people betting on the downside are not, not doing so hot. Well, we come back. We're going to talk more about earnings because AMD did report. And, and then we have some big ones coming up later today. We have Apple will be reporting later today. We have Amazon reporting tomorrow. So it's going to be a huge, huge day. We also have uh, Nikki Ward will be discussing her millennial moment and i think she's talk about microvision which is a reddit bets type play these days could be wall street bets newest gamestop all right you've been listening to the stock doctor's prescription right here on money radio 1510 105.3 fm don't go anywhere we are coming right back you're listening to the stock doctor's prescription on money radio 1510 and 105.3 fm this is the Stock Doctor's Prescription on Money Radio 1510 and 105.3 FM. You're listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. I am Lee Seiler, also known as the Stock Doctor. And before the break, we were talking about earnings. And, you know, today after the close, is it an extremely important earnings report? And I, I'm, I have to say probably the most important earnings report of all season. And it's Apple. Now, Apple happens to be our largest position, and we've had... We've added to the stock over the years, but you know our biggest positions are from eleven to eight to eleven years ago. Yeah, I mean we have owned it. Our lowest buy on Apple for clients is, and we, and we own it. A lot of us own it personally too, and I I do myself. But our lowest cost basis on Apple, our lowest buy is around eleven bucks. Yeah, it's so split twice since then. But uh, Apple will be reporting earnings after the close, and uh, so will Facebook. And Facebook has been one of those. 
FANG stocks that have actually been performing extremely well throughout this whole kind of consolidation period within the NASDAQ? I don't know what possibly could get in the way of Facebook. Nothing phases Facebook. Zuckerberg has spent most of his life in Washington testifying. (laughs) Yeah. He he also just might send his cyborg there. We wouldn't know. It's just crazy. And that's, that's, He's not a human being. We don't, know if, we don't know if the guy we saw sitting there is actually Mark Zuckerberg. But but Facebook has a, a consensus estimate of two thirty six a share on twenty three point five three billion. The whisper number is two point six eight. So you know they got to beat the whisper number. They got to go a long ways. I mean they got to they got to beat it pretty good. Uh, there was a lot of call buying on uh, literally last week that will expire on Friday. So there were eighteen thousand eight hundred thirty nine contracts of the 310 calls that expire Friday. Talk about speculation, Justin. I'll tell you. I mean, in order to go long a, a, a call, you are betting on the fact that that stock is going to rock. You're, you're betting on the fact that that's going to go higher. Yeah, and, and Facebook has been a stock that's just been, it's been a horse. Yeah. It's been an absolute horse. Definitely now, a workhorse, not a show horse. A workhorse for sure. And, uh, you know, Apple reports. Uh, what do you expect to hear from Apple that's going to be anything of a surprise? I mean, they... iPhone sales. Well, I mean, the is, is it the super cycle? Well, because last quarter, it was all about the fact that they had weaker than expected iPhone sales, but they had just debuted the new 5G capable phones, the 12, the 12 mini, that new iPads. So I think iPhone sales are something to pay specific attention to. Yeah. And they also announced this week that they're going to open up and they're going to spend a billion dollars on a campus in the Research Triangle area outside of uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, they're going to play 3,000 people. They're, they did the same thing in Austin, but Austin won't be open till next year. But, um, you know, they're expanding. And it's interesting because Research Triangle is the reason it gets its name. How it gets its name is because you have North Carolina State University, you have University of North Carolina, and Duke, all within that close area. By the way, this just in, Justin, <laughs> Tim Cook and COO Jeff Williams both got their MBAs from Duke. So... Interesting. They got quite a pretty penny to uh, relocate there as well. Yes, they did. And it's time for our megalennial moments. It's Nikki Ward. What do you got for us tonight, Nick? So, what has rallied more than 8,000% in the past year that isn't Dogecoin? Oh, okay. I was going to say Dogecoin, which is a joke, by the way. I have no idea. (laughs) So those who frequent the popular Reddit forum, Wall Street Bets, this will come as no surprise to, but shares of Microvision, a developer of laser beam scanning technology, laser, have more than doubled in the past week. They seem to be the new darling of Wall Street Bets. Shares were trading for less than a dollar in April 2020, and it closed Monday above $26 after rising 47% on Monday alone. So the ticker MVIS was the most mentioned stock on Wall Street Bets on Monday, roughly double the mentions of GME. So that, I guess that's old bay because there's over it now. Who cares? Right? Yeah. Oh, now, was this a, was this so two thousand and eight? Was this a the trying to do a short squeeze play here? Is this so no. Uh, currently, the float about twenty percent short interest. Okay. So it's not as if you know they're going to be sticking it to the man yeah, with this stick, one. Sticking it to the man now. Not no. Not 
Not on this one. Not, the, not on this one. I think yeah. this one is the idea. I think believe I believe behind it is the fact that their laser beams are going to be used for autonomous driving down the road. And we know how well that's working with Tesla. Yeah, I mean, Lyft just spun off their Crash. unit to Toyota. Yeah, I yep. saw that. Yes. Yes. It'll be interesting to see I, how Wall Street bets influences um, the stock market over the course of the next few years. Specifically, maybe when the next correction happens. <laughs> Uh, and how many people are left? <laughs> I th- yeah, I think I think it's going to be ugly. I think I they're going to so be too. decimated. Yeah, yeah, but you can't deny that they do have they do have influence in the market right now. For now, but you got to understand these these people got involved at the perfect time and have said, not until seen until any the kind next, of correction. Really, until the not next to mention correction. they're probably under the umbrella that investing is entertainment. I <laughs> saw yesterday on CNBC. I could not believe it. It was a, a woman who she's a, a, res, a in a research team that they research. Cryptocurrencies, yeah. And she was saying, and uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin was talking to her, I think, interviewing, and she said, well, you know what? Investing is a form of entertainment. And he said, whoa, whoa. When I heard that, I go, you got to be kidding me. That's when we heard all the different uh, commotions out of the office where Lee was throwing chairs. Things were getting smashed. (laughs) First of all, investing should not and will never be entertainment. Nope. All right. I don't even like what I do for a living. So how can it be entertainment? (laughs) But and that but that's scary. It is. And so to follow that note, Microvision was among the most searched stocks on Google on Monday and Tuesday on TikTok, Justin's favorite app. Videos that included the hashtag MVIS in the caption received more than 215,000 views. Microvision was individual investors' most bought stock on Monday. They purchased roughly $56 million on a net basis, outpacing NEO, which trailed with about $50 million in net purchases. And the company was also the fourth most actively traded stock in the U.S. market Monday. That was according to the Dow Jones market data. Now, on- yesterday it got hammered. It did. It got down 23% yesterday. Right. And so... You know, the other possible darling of Wall Street Bets' eye could be Ocugen, which is a biopharmaceutical company that's recently seen a sharp increase of mentions on Wall Street Bets. So stay tuned to see if my lurking proves (laughs) which one of these is going to be the new one. (laughs) The new YOLO stock. YOLO. Well, that was Nikki Ward with her millennial moment. And we'll see how uh, we'll, we'll follow Microvision, see how it plays out. I just like looking at all the different forums at night and laughing. It, it is funny because, and, I, and I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to stereotype, but I know these are kids, young people. Some of these kids are laughing all the way to the bank. Some of them or will. Or they're tax collector, but I don't I, know, one of the two. They're not, and I, I talked to one yesterday and had no idea, again, about, oh, really? I have to pay taxes on all those things? They have no idea. So I, I think that uh, it, I'm glad that... The younger people are getting involved. In fact, there was a recent survey done that 20 to 29-year-olds, the average 401k balance for 20 to 29-year-olds is $15,000. This is as of uh, the fourth quarter. And they contribute on average of 7.4%, which I think is pretty good. Sure. For young people that age. I mean, that's... that's 20 to 29. My kids are that old. I mean, I, yeah. I get it. Yeah, that's... When I was that age, that definitely I don't think was... Was at that level, and and the survey also, and the survey said the survey also said that what you should people said what should I have at this age, and that's interesting because you know we don't really okay everybody's different, right? But, and just because you fall within a certain age doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to fall within these exact set of circumstances. It's the idea right. that you should be thinking about this, right? It's and, a and good benchmark. What this survey said is that 
at 30 year old at 30 years old you should have about what your salary is in your 401k so if you make 60,000 a year you should have $60,000 in your 401k at 40 you should have three times what your annual salary at 56 times at 68 times and at 67 10 times your average salary is what you should have in in 401k money it's a good guideline I think it's a great guideline, but it's it's good to see that um, that we're seeing that age group putting money to work. Yeah, the twenty to twenty nines, yeah, yeah. I mean, because I got to tell you, I, when I got in this business at twenty three years old, I didn't have a you know what to you know what in. Yeah, no, no doubt. So and I didn't for many years after that either. Yeah, and then you know you have kids, you got to pay college, and blah blah blah, yada yada yada. But um, it's very interesting. So that's it, good. It's, it's good wonderful to see people that are thinking about the long game that aren't just focusing on the immediate gratification. And, and I think and I talk to a lot of folks. We you know, we talk to a lot of clients. We got a lot of prospects calling the office. And, uh, you know, by the way, we're we're like a week or two behind on, on seeing people on appointments. So if anybody wants to see us, they have to give us a couple week notice. But um, what we're seeing is people are engaged. They are engaged with what's going on in the market, but they still, I have noticed, especially the younger demographic, that they're still really, really short-term oriented, and that is not going to build wealth. It's just not. If you're looking to to trade in and out of things, uh, look, I've I've heard Kramer, and I'm a fan of his because he was on my show years ago, and because I I own Apple. I've never sold any of my own Apple. I've owned it for uh, 10, 11 years now. The bottom line is, I would... I'm way better off buying Apple in, in 2010 or 11 and holding it this time than trading it all the time. Yep. That's my point. And, and that's how you build wealth is you have to buy and hold. You are listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. We're coming back for our last segment. Money Radio 1510 and 105.3. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription on Money Radio 1510 and 105.3 FM. This is the Stock Doctor's Prescription on Money Radio 1510 and 105.3 FM. You're listening to Stock Doctor's Prescription. I'm Lee Seiler, also known as a Stock Doctor. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll be here every Wednesday afternoon at high noon right here on Money Radio 1510, 105.3 FM. Love those guys on Money Radio, and uh, we appreciate uh, them supporting the show. And one thing that we were talking about is different segments of the market, of course, you know, demographics, but what we're looking at, and this is what we do for our clients. And, and one way that in, by using ETFs, you can create some alpha by finding the right segments of the market or sectors or, or watching the rotation. And some of the things out there, and I, Jared, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I mean, I know you really like the cybersecurity seg- segment of the market, which is Think about if you think about this, folks, think about all the major hacks you hear going on all the time. Is corporate America going to spend less in cybersecurity five years from now than they are today? They most definitely are. That's why it's one of my biggest positions for my clients. Yeah, definitely well, not. Or They're definitely not. I'm sorry. I completely misread this. You definitely are going to spend so more. They definitely yeah. are going to spend more. Yes. And that's, again, that's why it's one of my biggest positions. Um, and since we, I think as a company, since we bought last year, it's up about. 65% the yeah, ETF that, I mean all these these ETFs that were these segment ETFs or thematic ETFs all did really well and and you know I think that with what you got to listen to what's going on around you 
President Biden wants to work a lot with and spend money on clean energy. And infrastructure. And infrastructure. I mean, that's huge. The infrastructure, clean energy. But infrastructure also has that 5G element to it because mm-hmm. they are going to build out 5G. And we're, we're helping by having the vaccines. We are. That's what they <laughs> so say. It's just going, just going to keep going up. Yep. We Well, I don't know about keep going up, but we'll see. There's always things that will um, that are derail a recovery. And right now, the market is doing well. The economy is doing extremely well. Consumer confidence came out. Up big. Beat, beat the crap out of uh, estimates. And there's loose monetary policy right now. Where look, this, Today is the second day of a Fed meeting. Mm-hmm. But they don't project that he's going to change course. They're not going to do anything. They're going to keep monetary policy the same. The question is, are they going to start uh, curbing some of the, the bond buying at some point? I think they're going to start talking about it end of the summer and then next meeting, maybe announce some changes, some easing of the quantitative easing. Right. But I mean, with the with the Fed's loose monetary policy, I mean, they're printing money like crazy. You know, they, they cut checks, vaccines. And then you have to look at all the pent up demand. I was out on Saturday and I was telling you guys a story that we were looking. It was last minute. I didn't make reservations, but everywhere at 6.30 p.m., all the phone calls that we made were, uh, oh, uh, we're, you know, 9 o'clock wait. You, two hours. Two hours. Yep. you got to wait till 8.30. I'm not, I'm, first of all, I can't eat late. All right? I need the early bird special because I uh, just can't eat that late. But it was interesting because everybody was out, and I happened to drive by the mall, and it was packed. So there's a pent-up demand. Sure. I mean, You there can't keep pe- people down for too long. No, and there are people that really have been wanting to get out of their house. Anywhere you go, I, I ask these questions because I like to have that like Main Street to Wall Street. I mm-hmm. want to hear what people are thinking because I what I think is, is one thing, and but I want to hear what... What so, someone else's experience what, is. What, are they, were they going... See, I was going out because I, I, I got it at a fairly... Uh, I got it at an early age. I got the vid. <laughs> so once I had it, I was okay. I didn't care. I went out, but... Um, there are people that were terrified and did not want to go out and didn't want to do anything. Justin, you were one of those. Uh, it's not a matter of being like necessarily terrified. I was scared because I have small children and, and you know, this, this multi-symptom inflammatory, inflammatory thing worried me. I didn't want to bring that to my kids. So yeah, I mean, but I'm, I'm good to go now. So, I mean, we're, we're trying to do I'm out there. I think we adjust. Like- I'm sorry. Yeah, I think looking at the economic data, it was going to be strong. You have all the reopening. You have the federal government uh, cutting checks. Uh, if it wasn't strong, I mean, we have serious problems. Uh, the issue here is going forward is going to be it obviously cannot last forever. So you will see a slowdown in the future. And how that will how will that affect the stock market? We don't know. But that's why we've started taking some more defensive positions. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we took a position last week, a more industrial since we did the pharmaceuticals, which I, I like a lot, and uh, we bought a, took a position in Cleveland Cliffs. I, I think steel manufacturing is a materials company. Materials have been doing really, really well. But at the same time, we did do some of the Coinbase, which we're down on right now. But I did that because I don't want to go out and buy Dogecoin. I don't want to <laughs> buy Ether. And by the way, Ether, I don't know if uh, that's actually getting a lot of money flow. It is. Ethereum so over, over Bitcoin. And they're going to start tapering off the supply and so they're going to actually start deleting some of the tokens because one of the main problems was people wouldn't know how many tokens it was to purchase something right. so they were but just kind of generating 21 million right right that's the finite supply there's about 18 and change in circulation for bitcoin but ether didn't have a, a supply cap and so now they're going to really try and rein that in right well and then you had a, a big sell-off 
over the weekend on Bitcoin. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. got below 50,000 for the first time since early March. I guess Elon didn't tweet about it enough. No, he did not. <laughs> no, he did not. But uh, well, so we're going to hear about it next weekend, though. Oh, of course, because He's be May on Saturday 8th, Night Live. <laughs> Saturday night. Uh, yes, he is. Yes, not this Saturday. The following Saturday. Following Saturday. Following Saturday. Yep. I'm surprised he didn't demand waiting until June 9th. Okay. I don't no? Know. No. Ah, no. over your head. Doesn't work for me. Yeah, it worked for Elon. Okay, it does. But he's going to be on uh, Saturday Night Live. I'll be very interested to see what kind of skits they write for him. I mean, I'm sure the SEC is redacting his script oh, as we speak. I don't know if they can actually. I mean, there's been other people with public companies there, I'm sure. I right? don't know if he's going to be funny. I don't. He's, he's goofy. <laughs> And his accent is gonna, goofy. I think it's going to be hilarious. He's, he doesn't not give it. He doesn't care. care at all what people think about. Him. All right, so <laughs> which I don't know. What if are I the would chances? If I was worth that much money, are they going to have something with him smoking weed? Maybe. Oh, they're they got a spiff on Rogan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, they got a spiff on that. And they. What about? Are they going to his press conferences? It's going to be. What are the chances they talk about the the, the Tesla crashes? Or do you make uh, fun of that? No. I don't know about the crashes. That seems a little. I feel like a member of the SEC is going to be in the audience with an air horn, just bleeping <laughs> out, whatever. <laughs> and he's like, "I'm just here so I don't get fined." Just pulls a Marshawn Lynch. I can see it. It's going to be interesting. So uh, yeah. anyway, but the co- the Coinbase play C O I N. It's certainly not for the faint of heart. It took a hit last week when the when the Bitcoin yeah. and the other the uh, other cryptos took a hit because keep in mind. The more activity in that segment of the market, they're going to make money. Yep. It's an exchange. And it's our exposure to the cryptocurrency theme, if you yeah. will. And, and Coinbase is actually, and this is, by the way, not a, a buy recommendation for anybody, but it's uh, they are a, pr- a very profitable company, by the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got some interesting things going on with them. So we'll see how that plays out. And they certainly have some headwinds. And one of the headwinds is that they didn't put a lockup period of time for the insiders. So insiders can sell. Uh, but that they, was pretty absent-minded. But they say that uh, oh, I'm sure they did fractional. So once I saw it, it got to four forty. Exactly. You know what? A stock that we own and um, that is getting there's good press on it. The whole sector, uh, DraftKings, DKNG. Also, there's some there's a lot of press on FanDuel and Penn National Gaming. These it seems like on a weekly basis these uh, these companies are getting some great news because look, let's face it, municipalities are broke. They need the revenue. They need the revenue. That's why cannabis is getting legalized everywhere, and this is why online gaming is getting legalized everywhere. So, because sports are back, baby, they're back. So maybe and, now people will start betting on sports instead of the stock market. <laughs> That'd be nice. Well, also I saw the state of New York is going to increase the capacities in the stadiums. Mm-hmm. So that's good. And I I do believe that we are going to see golf getting into the sports betting arena. Yeah, the NFL. Mm-hmm. You got they, it. the NFL. They chose DraftKings and FanDuel to yep. uh, take care of their sports betting. So think about this. You know, Pete Rose is not going to get in the Hall of Fame because he bet on his own team. Say, I respect that. I, I, he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. He needs like, to be in the Hall of Fame. But if but, he's betting on his own team, I mean, what, what but, more can you ask I'm for? I'm pretty sure he was always betting on them to was. win, too. Yes, yeah. he was. It wasn't to lose. It wasn't to lose. It was always to no, win. No, because Pete was a, you know. I just, he was bullish about his team. He, he, he certainly was. was. He was so, a permable. So the good thing is that hopefully Pete will get in the Hall of Fame after this. I say, wait a minute. They it better. Was legal. They Come better, on. Don't be yes. a hypocrite. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it'll be legal, but I'm pretty sure that it's still going to be illegal for players and managers look, themselves to bet. There are people Just, that got suspended for doing drugs that are in the Hall of Fame. Exactly. I know. And I, I got to tell you. I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong. I think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And, um, you know, we're going to wrap things up here this afternoon. But just a couple of interesting things that, you know, the banks 
a sector is doing really well, and all of a sudden something came out. And and Justin, you talked about the Arcegos deal a few weeks ago, where uh, it was a, a, a family office that absolutely got bludgeoned. And uh, really, you thought it was limited to Nomura. I feel and like Credit Suisse. I don't know. I feel like everybody. A lot of people were feeling like it was limited to two or three, and then there was a group of people that thought this is way wider than, than well, anybody's really reporting. And it really was because UBS and Morgan Stanley both surprised their investors yep. uh, with it. UBS had an $861 million Arcagus hit, and uh, Morgan Stanley got somewhere around, I think, $911 million. Yeah. If so, I were uh, an investor yeah, or a shareholder and they curious. just hit me out of nowhere with that, well, I feel like out of left like, field. We had a great quarter, let's just, let's just that. Except for Arcagus. <laughs> Yeah, so this little blip on the radar, and then uh, it's over. Bill Huang, just a little blip. Anyway, you've been listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. We really appreciate you guys joining us. If we can help you, call the office 888-855-2855. We can do our portfolio analysis, free portfolio reviews. We can look at your ETFs or your mutual fund selections. But give us a call or email feedback at stockdr.com. That's feedback at stockdr.com. I'm Lee Seiler, also known as the Stock Doctor. We'll be back uh, next Wednesday at noon. Find out more about the Stock Doctor at stockdr.com or call 1-888-855-2855.